Hello, this is Elizabeth Mower, president of BEI. And I'm John Brown, the founder of BEI. Each episode, we take you into the world of exit planning, sharing the stories, struggles, and opportunities of business owners and their advisors. We'll get into this episode's conversation right after this. Gain the insight and knowledge that thousands of business owners and their advisors have used to plan for the future. The BEI membership equips you with the proven process that enables owners to exit their business on their terms. Learn how to approach the subject with your clients and work successfully with other exit planners. Receive access to video overviews, comprehensive articles, case studies, and much more. Cement your position as the trusted advisor to your most successful clients. Get started today by visiting exitplanning.com forward slash membership. That's exitplanning.com forward slash membership. With us today is a BEI member from New, the great state of New Hampshire, Joe Guyton. Welcome, Joe. Thank you. So how do you have a lot of business? Have you t- traditionally had a lot of business owner clients? Yeah. Yes. I've been in the business uh, 33 years now. Wow. Uh, and uh, I started with Cigna, and we focused on the closely held business owner marketplace. And you're shaking your head because yeah. you know that. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, we were always, uh, you know, uh, helped to understand that the business owners had a lot of issues that we could help them with because yeah. the fine line between the family and the business in a closely held business, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes that line gets blurred by a lot of different things. Right. Right. Uh, so I grew up in a closely held business family. My dad owned several businesses. Uh, and, you know, if you ask me uh, who my really my first exit planning client case study was, uh-huh. uh, not necessarily my client, it was my dad. Uh, he sold his businesses in the mid 80s. Uh, and when he was in his you know mid 60s and that was when people were supposed to retire back then yeah yeah uh, and uh, you know bottom line is he never should have done it uh, because uh, it was what kept him busy all the time it was what stimulated him uh, it provided the cash flow for the family uh, and uh, you know it was really the you know the main driver of everything that went on uh, the business that he sold was the cash cow uh, that was sheltered by the other businesses that he owned that were tax shelters. Uh, <laughs> Not intentionally? Uh, well, that was all intentional. Yeah, okay. I mean, we, we, were, uh, we were in the horse racing business. Oh, wow. Uh, and that was a business uh, where the hobby losses and things were taken away by uh, Ronald yeah. Reagan and yeah. TRA-86. Uh, and, you know, it used to be that uh, we had horses that were racing that, you know, we'd have a partnership that was me and John. The mm-hmm. next partnership would be John and me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the next partnership would be some other combination. And those horses would go from one partnership to the other uh, and be fully depreciated over three years. So I like to joke with people that we had a lot of horses that were running around the farm that had been fully depreciated three times but were still eating <laughs> uh, and requiring a lot of care. So that provided a lot of uh, tax shelter. And uh, they paired, you know, they being uh, his accountant and attorney and so forth, they paired all that stuff together really well. Uh, But Reagan took that away in the mid-'80s. My dad sold his businesses in the mid-'80s. We were in the Pittsburgh area, and that area was the Rust Belt in the mid-'80s. Yeah, Uh, yeah. and, And his business was involved in... Uh, painting steel mills and things like that, which were dying out at the time. Uh-huh. 
uh, and to top it all off, so enough enough uh, facts for a business exit planning study, right? To top it all off, my mother got cancer, uh, which ultimately killed her. Wow. wow. Uh, and so my dad uh, got money, got a decent amount of money for his business. Uh, I don't think it was enough. Uh, and uh, always in hindsight, uh, because I, I doubt that anybody tried to help him figure out how much he really needed, yeah. because you know, I'm sure nobody did. Well, financial planning was in its infancy back then. Exit yeah. planning hadn't started, so where, where could he go? Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so he didn't get enough money, and then to boot, my mother got sick, and he spent most of it on her experimental cancer treatments. So when she died, uh, he was out his best friend. He was out the person who ran our family. He was out uh, the money that he got for his business and his business. And, and it was very difficult for him to carry on. Yeah. Uh, and he was not an old man. Uh, my dad was, uh, you know, a young man for his age at the time. Uh, and uh, so when I work with clients, uh, I'll tell people, I say, you know, a lot of the things that I'm going to tell you and a lot of the recommendations and observations that I make are going to come from what I lived because... Uh, despite the fact that all that happened, my dad uh, owned 300 acres of land in western Pennsylvania. Uh, my brothers and sisters and I still own most of that land. He used to always say, if we had nothing else, we have the land. It's the most valuable asset we have, and they're not making any more land. We mm -hmm. still hear people say that today. Yeah. Right? Uh, the problem was he didn't have any control over when that land was valuable. Uh, if it wasn't uh, generating some kind of income, he couldn't uh, collateralize it in any fashion. Right. Uh, and he didn't have any control over any of that stuff. Well, it turns out there's natural gas under that property. <laughs> so uh, my brothers and sisters uh, each get a, a nice annual income uh, from the gas rights under the property. So at the end of the day, my dad was right about all that stuff, but he didn't have any control over it. Uh, and again, I tell people, you know, with better planning and with some uh, observations and some things that we can help you with, uh, he could have avoided a lot of that. So that so that's, sounds like that's what generated the interest to do exit planning for you. Yes. Yeah. So and how do you, how, let's say you're, you're meeting for the first time or you want to meet for the first time with a business owner in your community. Uh, how do you reach out to them, get their attention. Do you use that story, for example? Uh, I'll use that story uh, somewhere along the way in the early stages. Uh, when I'm working to engage people, uh, I, always, I always like to ask them what they do and mm -hmm. what they like about it and tell me about your business and tell me about your family. Uh, all you have to do to get a business owner going is ask them about his business mm -hmm. uh, because most of them love their business, which is why they did it in the first place. Right, uh, right. How do you find them to talk to them? How do you get their attention? Uh, well, a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, we, uh, we operate, uh, you know, in a relatively small town. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, we know a lot of people through uh, social interaction, uh, you know, whether it be at a club, uh, whether it be at, uh, you know, some kind of charitable organizations. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, uh, it's not difficult in many respects to meet people. Mm -hmm. Uh, the next step then is to engage them and get them talking about things. Uh, and once you have, uh, you know, once you have that level of interest, uh, you can start to talk about, you know, maybe we could talk about the next thing. Uh, a couple of years ago, we did a nice case. 
uh, with a you know with a fellow who would come to one of our social functions, mm-hmm. uh, and we started engaging him, and he had some questions about a couple of things that he'd heard about and was curious about, yeah. uh, and so we talked a little bit about that stuff, and and I looked at him and I said you know why don't you just come in and we'll sit down and we can answer those questions and see if we can be helpful to you. Uh, and one thing led to another, and you know we did some some work for him, and we're you know continuing to do some yeah. work uh, as we go forward. So how do you do how do you do that works? Uh, because you're a financial and insurance advisor, mm-hmm. but these people need a lot more than financial and, and insurance. They well, need a whole plan to get out of their business. Oh, absolutely. And so what we talk to them about is uh, all the different things uh, that they need to do around that. Now, before I, uh, you know, became affiliated with BEI, uh, you know, we would work with the attorneys and accountants mm-hmm. and identify buy-sells and say you need to have your estate plan updated and mm-hmm. things of that nature. And now we have a much uh, better structure for all that. Uh, and what we do now is we use the assessments uh, with people mm-hmm. uh, and, and start with the, um, you know, the circle chart that comes from the assessment. Uh, because those big red lines uh, jump right out at people. And you say, you know, uh, if you're planning to uh, accomplish a given goal, uh, you're going to need to address this issue in order to do yeah. that. And it's the owner who's identified that issue, not yes. you. Yes. Which is uh, critical, I think, in that whole process. Well, and that's that's just it. It's like, you know, sometimes they look at that and, and you know, they kind of take a step back and say, well, I guess we have some work to do. Yeah. Okay, so let's say that that concern the owner has has nothing to do with business continuity, estate planning. It might be a management team issue. Mm-hmm. So as you proceed helping them, how do you deal with, with that, that specific issue? We uh, Once we identify the issue, uh, we start thinking about who we know in our network uh, that can help them. Uh, if it's a management team issue... Uh, could be uh, human resources, you know, slash ERISA-related mm-hmm. items. Uh, it could be uh, training and, uh, you know, attracting, recruiting, retaining, uh, mm-hmm. so deferred compensation. So you've, got, you've created a team of other advisors yes. apart from your company that will come in, be retained by the owner, and you will facilitate that whole process. I'm yes. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, make the referrals and the introductions uh, to get them the expertise they need. That's great. It's too bad your dad didn't have that, right? It really is. Uh, but, you know, I often uh, say to people, things have changed a lot in, in that time period. Uh, and my mother had melanoma cancer, and I tell people all the time, she died at 64. Yeah. Uh, I tell people all the time, if she were alive today, she'd have a chronic disease, not a death sentence. Right, right. Uh, and so we bring the new things that we've learned, the new tools and techniques uh, to bear and help people with them. That's great. That's great. How how has your reception been in the community? Are you starting to become recognized as the visible expert in exit planning? Yes, I think we're uh, making some inroads into that uh, and and helping our uh, you know our, our network of other advisors understand what we do and what we can offer. Uh, and quite frankly, uh, you know we're learning and, and and trying to get better at, at getting that message out every day uh, as we go along. Excellent. What what else about your practice, Joe, would be of value to, for for the listener to to understand? Uh, I think the most valuable thing uh, for a listener to understand about us is, uh, in my practice in particular, uh, is I grew up in it. Uh, I've been in it my whole life. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, and and my son has too. Uh, you know, he uh, he got up in front of a uh, an organization that we belong to uh, to give a, a short presentation a couple of years ago, uh, and he said, uh, you know, my name is Andrew Guyton, and I've been in this business for 32 years, <laughs> uh, and he's 32 years old. Yeah. Uh, so. We offer that to people because uh, it is a, uh, a culture unto itself. Mm -hmm. uh, there are things that go on uh, in family businesses, not just economically and financially, uh, but emotionally. Sure. Uh, that we understand uh, because we've lived all of it. So when you have a family business as a client, mm -hmm. I assume you have, that's maybe your area of concentration or, or where you like to work. Yes. How do you represent a family? Uh, well, you do it with uh, it, it, and be as impartial as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, you recognize uh, that the founder has goals and objectives and needs and the successors have goals and objectives and needs mm -hmm. and that the successors in the business are different than the children who are not in the business. Uh, and what we always do is we start with the founders. It's about you. Right. Uh, you founded this business. <clears throat> you worked your whole life to build it. You took care of your family with it. Uh, and now it's your time to exit uh, and enjoy the next chapter of your life. We never call it retirement because uh, to us it's just another chapter. Mm -hmm. uh, so you want to enjoy the next chapter of your life uh, and it's your turn to do that. Uh, and so we're going to make sure that everything is, is focused on you as possible and that your objectives relative to succession, your children, your family are met within the framework of what's best for you. You know, and that's, that's great. That is very consistent. It's the same as the fundamental mission of Exaplan, of BEI, which is to help owners benefit from their life's work which is to understand their wants and needs and make sure that that's attained. Right. It's the owner first, even in a family-owned business. Has to be. It has to be. Right. But so many people, even owners, don't look at it that way. It's right. like, oh, I need to exit, but really this child needs to be taken care of or we've got to do this for this other family member. They can all be accomplished, but it has to be, I think, done in with the understanding that it's the owner's goals that have to also be reached, the financial goals and, and the other goals that they have. Absolutely. Well, and one of the things that we like to say to people uh, is uh, we're going to plan for you to live to be 100. Uh, the most frequent response we get to that is usually some kind of an eye roll or a shrug, yeah. you know, I don't want to do that. Uh, and I always smile at them and say, well, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> right? Because yeah. uh, people will say to me, I'm not living past 90. And I say, listen, I'll only put together a plan for you that ends your, when you're 90 if you promise to cooperate. <laughs> right? Which, yeah. you know, you make a little bit light of it because people don't understand what they're saying. They and, don't understand life expectancies today. So, right. You know, I just buy, I read a, a, a study, I guess it was, that said if your husband and wife, you're married, um, and sort of regardless of the ages, but so say they're approximately the same, but this is true if you're 60 or 70 or 50, there's about a 50% probability that one of, one of you will live to age 95. 
And we, we uh, point that out to people. Yeah. And we also talk to them about something else that they don't think about, which is if they're happily married, if they have financial security, if they're well-educated, if they have a family around them who uh, cares for them, uh, and they have access to knowledge and health care and things like that, uh, that they are a subset of the greater population right. who is likely to live longer than everybody else. Because if you have all those things, uh, you generally have a relatively peaceful, stress-free life uh, that uh, brings you a lot of uh, grat- uh, gratification and blessings. Mm-hmm. And, and that in and of itself allows you to live longer. That's, uh, that's great. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's an interesting concept. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, I think it's probably a fact. Uh, it is a I fact. I think it's probably a fact. Yeah. Um, that's great. Anything else? No, I uh, appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Thank we, you. Yeah, it was great. I mean, Joe is a great example of why we plan. Thanks for listening. Join us for our next episode. For more content like this, please visit exitplanning.com.